Welcome to The Determined Mom Show, the only marketing podcast dedicated to guiding mom CEOs into tranquility, wealth, and multiplying those precious moments. Right today on The Determined Mom Show, we have Vicki Musney. She is a certified personality trainer. Welcome, Vicki. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Definitely. I love from our prior conversations, I love literally everything that you do. And I think that you have so much value to share with our audience today. So go ahead and get started. Tell us about yourself, like your background, your family dynamic, and how you got to be a personality trainer. Okay. The short story is everything kind of started at my wedding. My husband and I got married in 1996. We're just going to be celebrating uh, 23 years coming up very, very soon. Wow. And at our wedding, people came up to us and said, that video that you guys had was the coolest thing we've ever seen. And in 1996, people didn't have phones that operated as cameras. And most people didn't have scanners. And he had just made a video because he had finished animation school. And anyhow, that snowballed into us starting to do videos for other people, and then eventually full videography. And we've essentially been in the wedding and event industry since 1996. And then in the process of that, I my role in the company changed and evolved with our parenting stage. So when our family were starting to grow our family, I took a big step back in the family business and I had been coordinating weddings and he was doing video. We did a lot of collaborating and working together. And then I'm just busy, you know, having kids, raising babies. We relocated from San Jose, California to Reno, Nevada, where we still live in 2001. Our older kids were five months and 16 months when we moved. Okay. And so I still, like I said, was not super involved in the business at that time, but I started to get involved in an organization called MOPS, Mothers of Preschoolers. And that's actually where I started doing a lot of speaking and teaching and basically teaching survival skills. You know, how do you have two kids 11 months apart and not want to kill yourself or someone else? And how do you survive? How do you organize your life? How do you get food on the table every night? And then I had two more kids 14 months apart a few years later. And so I really got involved in MOPS and started doing a lot of public speaking. And then I said, you know what? I love public speaking. I miss teaching. I was a teacher in my past life before weddings. And maybe I want to do something more with that. So I signed up for a personality course that I just found online. And I could, it was only three or four hours from where I lived. I drove to it and spent three days immersing myself in this professional speaking course that happened to be put on by the people that had developed the Wired That Way personality test system that I had taken before. So in my head, I was going for public speaking, but I was being immersed in personalities. Mm -hmm. And realizing that I needed to embrace my own personality and everything that I did. And then as a speaker, when I'm speaking to audiences, I had to understand that there are all four personality types in my audience. So I better be able to tailor my presentations to somehow speak to every personality type. Then I fell in love with personalities and said, oh, I think I'm going to go back and do their certification to be a personality trainer. And I could maybe teach this to other people in my head thinking the parenting classes, the mom's groups, the couple's groups that I was doing. But when I was doing my advanced training for my certification, I had this aha moment that what if I started taking what I knew about personalities and putting it with what I was doing with my husband in our business? Because by that point, my kids were a little bit older and I was much more involved. This was like 2008. Mm -hmm. And I was the one doing sales and meeting with clients. And it was this big light bulb moment for me that, oh my goodness, if I understood the person's personality type I'm doing a sales meeting with, I could totally change the way I communicate with them and hopefully connect with them better. And yes, sell them a bigger package, sell them some add-ons, maybe have a better relationship with them, learn how to serve them better, earn more referrals because I did an excellent job by meeting their unique needs. So then from there, I started getting asked to speak to little local wedding groups and could you come teach this DJ group how to understand personality types and apply that to the brides that we work with. And then from there, somebody said, well, hey, I'm part of this regional conference. Would you come to that? And then I started speaking at national conferences and then I've done four or five international appearances, actually more than that because I've done Mexico twice, Australia twice and Canada four times. So yeah, been super fun and it just kind of one thing really led to another. So now I feel like I'm in a really unique place because I have two separate things going. I have the local business that my husband and I still run, 
which is still in the event space, but we've shifted away from weddings. And then I have the personality training, which I get to teach other business owners and sales professionals how to understand themselves and their clients better. So it's really fun. I get to kind of have my feet in two different worlds and build my own schedule around my family life, which is also really important to me. Yeah, that's awesome. So a couple questions for you. One is, have you always worked from home? Like, did you ever do anything like before you had kids or like, you know, when your kids were little outside of the home? I was a teacher in my past life before kids. And honestly, I didn't last very long. I think I was very independent and stubborn. And frankly, I just didn't make a very good employee. And I realized pretty early on that I liked jobs that gave me more independence and more flexibility. And I didn't want to be told you have to use this curriculum and you have to have this lesson taught by this day. And there's just a lot that went on in the public school system that I didn't love. And so I left that after a few years and I took a job at my church working with youth. And that was a unique combination of things and kind of the beginning of being able to work from home. I know I'm dating myself and showing my age, but the internet was brand, brand new at that time. And people were still figuring out like, what does working from home even look like? But I had this unique job where I was involved in putting on events for um, a large youth group and planning trips and uh, field trips and camping trips and overnight things. And I could do a lot of that on my own time and my own schedule. Plus I had meetings that I had to be at and I was really learning to like that. And then as our wedding business changed and evolved, I didn't have the need to have an office because my husband and I were just doing things together. And then we would go to somebody's wedding and shoot video or I was doing the coordinating and I would show up where their ceremony was. But when I was planning, I was on the phone or I was meeting them. So it didn't have a lot of that. And then when our kids were little and I wasn't as involved in the business, I did take strategic jobs that had an advantage to me, but I was also very, I was very picky and very selfish. So I wanted my kids to go to a certain preschool and it was out of our price range, mm-hmm. but they offered me a job. So with the pay that I had and the tuition discount for being faculty, so I went back to teaching, even though I taught high school in my past life, here I was teaching pre-K kinder, but I could, I still had skills as a teacher that I could transfer. It wasn't my favorite age group, but I did it for a season because there were things that mattered to me Mm -hmm. for, for my kids and I could see the advantage. And then there was also a season where I just took private tutoring clients. So when my husband had a job outside the home during the day, I was home with the kids and I would leave a few evenings a week and do private tutoring in home for students. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was always, always hustling, always kind of finding that balance of what can I do that's going to work with my family life and, and fit and yet not have to be a huge sacrifice. I was very much not wanting to let someone else control my schedule and I didn't want to miss out. I wanted to be the mom that could go on field trips, even though my reality was I still had to work to help provide for the family. And I was okay with that, but I wanted to find a way where I could do both. Yeah. I think you are a great resource for us, especially like for me, like my kids are eight, six, and one. And you're basically like looking at myself in the future. Like I know that my business is going to evolve and I love how you have evolved with your business over time. You just basically have everything that's come your way. You just basically have rolled with it and just like let it evolve into its own thing. And I think that's a really good point to make for the listeners in that like what you're working on right now isn't what you're going to be working on in two years or three years or four years or five years, you know, or 10 years, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Exactly. It doesn't have to be. And I think that's your amazing testament to that. And I, I appreciate you being here because that's a, just that alone. We're going to, she's going to share a whole bunch of really other valuable stuff with us, but even just that point alone and just seeing you where you are, um, your kids are almost all teenagers, right? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like a decade past you. My kids right yeah. now are 12, 13, 18 and 19. Yeah. So, so you're like literally like exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So. And to figuring out how they're going to be grownups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> That's always the fun part. <laughs> Do what you can when they're little and, um, and you hope that you gave them what they need, but yeah. your job as a parent is to work yourself out of a job. Yeah. My daughter's moving to New York in September. Yeah. That's big. That's a big change. We live in Reno, Nevada, so that's 2,600 miles. Yes, I've looked it up. Yeah. It's big, and, but she's a lot like me. She's got to go have an adventure, and she's going to go make her own way. Yeah, and that, that means you did it right. Yeah, so good job. 
Yeah. Yes, but I guess that's my point is for every life stage, your job, your business can, and I would say probably even should look different. Because mm-hmm. I have no problems with working moms. Like I, you know, I think I was raised by a stay-at-home mom, but I haven't been a full-time traditional stay-at-home mom very much of my parenting years. And I've just had to find a way to say, you know what? It's okay. Yeah. I love working and I love contributing to my family's bottom line. And I'm very much okay with that, but I also love my kids and I love being a mom. So I want to find a way that allows me to do both of those things. Yeah. When I see an opportunity or a possible direction for my business. It is a combination of asking myself, do I love this? Do I want to spend time pursuing this? Yeah. And if so, how can I make this work for my family so that I'm not, not sacrificing more than I want to? Like, yes, a little bit of compromise. You can't be two places at once. And there's times when you have to make hard choices, but I'm not willing to sacrifice. Like, that's why I don't do weddings anymore on a regular basis. We were doing 40 to 50 weddings a year at one point, And now I won't do more than two. We've shifted our focus. I have a totally different business model because I realized my kids are growing up and they're going to move out. And yeah. Sunday sounds like a good thing. And Sundays, it, you know, sounds like not so good. Yeah. And I, I want time with them. So I've, I've, we found ways to make it work. Yep. And usually, yeah, once they move out, it's like, you know, they find that independence and they may come back for a period of time, but it's definitely like a shift in the whole dynamic. So, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing how you've gotten to where you are. Again, I think it's just an amazing journey and amazing story. So I know that you're going to share with us some insight into personalities and basically how you can identify personality types. Is that right? Yeah, I love personalities and there are some great, great tests out there. In fact, the one that is my favorite and the people that I trained under, it's wired that way. You can find it on Amazon for a few dollars, three or four dollars. It's a little eight page paper booklet. So old school. You can, if you find copies of it online, they're not legal. I'll just tell you that. Like printed copies or? It's printed yes. copies. You order, order the little book. And, and print it and fill it out. And there's 40 questions where you're basically choosing between four different words and they have test definitions in there so you can be really accurate about it. But it essentially helps you identify and it measures the 20 most common strengths and the 20 most common weaknesses for each personality type. And when you are honest about where you are in that, it will give you a pretty good picture of which personality types you are. So I love that test. The one thing I will say, if you get it, it uses words on there like sanguine, choleric, melancholy, and phlegmatic, which Uh are weird words. They're rooted in like the Greek terms because it was, the whole process was originally thought up from a Greek thinker in like 400 BC. So anything you see that has four of anything, the research goes back thousands of years. And anything new is just different people's spin on it. So I don't use those Greek-based terms anymore. I use the colors that that system associated with it. And the colors, I think, are easier to say. First of all, we all know our colors. Yeah. And there's a good mnemonic device for why we use each one. And then also, I think the idea of blends is really important because I don't want anyone to say, oh, if you take a test and you scored highest in this box, that means you are always going to behave this way. It's not that cut and dried. It's part science, part art. And I think with colors, like if you just look around whatever room or vehicle you are in right now while you're listening to this, what do you see that's blue? You probably see something, you know, if you're wearing blue jeans or you can see the blue sky or something blue on your desk or in your kitchen, wherever you are. How many different shades of blue do you see? But yet your brain recognizes them all as blue. So if I tell you, oh yeah, you look like you might be a blue personality, I'm not saying that you are exactly the same as this other person who's a blue personality, but you will have some general traits in common. And if you can learn to identify those traits in people without having to take the test, that's where the real strength lies. Because if you're doing this for yourself, or if you have a partner or a spouse that you work with, or some employees maybe, or a team, you can say, hey guys, we're going to do this as a team building activity. I'm going to buy everybody a copy of this little book that Vicki recommended, and it's, you know, we're going to take this, and it's going to take 45 minutes, and then we're going to talk about it. That can be a great team building activity. But in the real world, you can't walk up to a potential client, for example, and say, 
hey, I'd like to figure you out better. And I'm having a little trouble. Could you take this 40 question test so I can understand you? <laughs> and it's going to take 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's not real world. Yeah. But if you can train yourself to start thinking about people this way and just basically accept that not everyone thinks like I do. It's probably a good thing. It's good that there are different personalities in the world. It's good that we don't all have the exact same personality type. And, but if you don't think like that consciously, we tend to go about life and business assuming and acting as if everyone's going to think like we do. Everyone must process information the way we do. They must communicate the way we want to be communicated with. And everything's going to be peachy keen because I'm going to be really clear. When you step back and go, you know what? Not everybody's like me. And maybe not everybody thinks the way I do or values the same things that I do, or they might have different needs than I do or different ways of processing information. Maybe I need to communicate differently. Maybe I need to slow down. Like for me, I'm a really fast talker. I'm a high energy person. That's a common trait for the red and yellow personalities. And if I'm dealing with a blue or a green, I have to remind myself, oh yeah, I better slow down. Maybe I should even speak a little bit quieter. I might be freaking them out. I might be overwhelming this person. And so listeners, if I was going way too fast for you in the beginning, I'm sorry. I will try to slow down for you right now, but that's who, who I am. And if you know who you're going to be speaking to, you can kind of make those little changes and just change the way you say something, how you say it, the volume, the tone, your pause, or even word choices. And so if we've got time, I can go through and just give you the, the quick overview, the basics of the four types. Yeah, I would love that. I think the audience would love that too, just to kind of get an idea. I already know, like I can already see my daughter is like either a blue or a green because she's like very like slow talking and like, yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so listeners, if you happen to be note takers and you and, or, and you're visual and you want to write this down, just draw four quadrants. And uh, so you have four boxes, like two on the top and two on the bottom. Okay. And then write yellow in one of the top boxes, okay? The three most common traits, and yellow, you can even like draw a little sunshine if you're creative and artistic, because that's what I want you to think is bright, sunny, loud. But the three main identifiers for a yellow personality are loud, open, and cluttered. And again, not saying that all yellows are all three of those in equal amounts, but most yellows tend to lean in those areas. Yellows tend to speak loudly. We carry ourselves loudly. We tend to gravitate towards bright, loud clothing, big, bold jewelry, you know, just different things that help us stand out. We like to be the center of attention. We tell our stories loudly. We're really open with what we share and who we share it with. I mean, I literally have friends that I have made that I am still in contact with that I've met in the grocery store or because we sat next to each other on an airplane. One of my biggest paid events was because of a friendship with someone I met on an airplane. That's funny. Yellows can do that. We just start talking to strangers and we're okay with that. And then we tend to be cluttered both in our reality. Like if you could only see my desk right now, a lot of personalities would freak out like that because... Everything is out. I don't even have drawers built into my desk because I need stuff out. If I put it away, it's like out of sight, out of mind. Yellows tend to be like piles, not files people. And it works for us, but our, our cars are cluttered, are cluttered, our purses are cluttered. Or That's a struggle for a lot of yellows. But if you see someone and they've got that big giant purse and they're pulling out all of these receipts and papers and the program from the event they went to last week, that might be a sign they could be a yellow, especially if they've got any of the other traits, like they speak loudly or they've got the the loud clothing or they're just really talkative and telling their stories really openly. If you see a combination of two or more of those traits, probably a yellow personality or at least someone who is half yellow. And, you know, that's the easiest one. Okay. That's the easiest one to identify, so I always explain that one first. And then whatever box you wrote down the yellow traits in, I want you to go to the opposite on the bottom side, the opposite corner, write blue, and then draw like a few waves because I want you to think blue deep like the ocean. And the reason they should be in the opposite quadrant of the yellow is that they're opposite in almost every way. So that the main most noticeable identifiers of a blue personality, guess what? They're quiet, they're more closed, and they're really neat and tidy. So blues tend to process more internally, where yellows have that loud, open, everything is just out there. Blues tend to carry themselves more quietly. They speak more quietly. They think before they speak, typically. Not always something that yellows do. And they tend to want to know someone a lot longer before they feel comfortable sharing personal information. 
blues can make very loyal friends and very loyal employees. But again, it takes a little longer for them to want to let you into their bubble that you have to earn their trust and the right to have access to that personal information in a way that yellows don't necessarily have the same screening tools for who they share with right away until they've gotten hurt. And that's a different conversation. But yeah, so, and then the open, um, the open versus closed is a lot of the sharing information and then the neat and tidy, you know, that phrase, a place for everything and everything in its place mm-hmm. that yeah. was created by blues <laughs> for yellows because we're the ones that need that. And our blue counterparts, you know, tend to need that. And a lot of times because opposites do attract, that's, that's true. A lot of people end up in relationships and marriages with an opposite personality type. Yeah. And so then you're like, oh, I've got this loud, noisy, cluttered person trying to make a life or run a business with a blue. And if you're not conscious of that, you can have conflict. Once you're aware of it, you can actually learn strategies to use that other person's strengths to complement your weaknesses because they can, they can balance each other nicely, but you have to be able to handle it in a positive way. So, okay, that's the first two, yellow and blue. So you've got bright, sunny, loud, and then you've got deep like the ocean. So then the other open box on the top, put red and draw like a little flame or a fire because red is everything you would think about with a fiery red personality. So one of the things is high energy. That should be one of your first words that you write down. Reds have an energy like you can feel it when they enter a room. There's just a presence about them. And they're usually very busy, very active. They have trouble sitting still. They're always on the go, always, you know, getting... A lot done. So that is one of them. Another one is the hand gestures. And I know you all can't see me, but <laughs> right now I'm talking with my hands and you'll hear some of the things I demonstrate, but reds tend to do like the, the fist pounding a lot when we're thinking. And some people that aren't reds take those kind of gestures, the pointing and the arms crossed as if we're angry. And it's not always the case. Sometimes that's just how reds think. Like, I'm really, this is my default thinking position is my hands on my hips. It doesn't mean I'm upset. It just means I'm deep in thought. But as a red, that can be misunderstood by other personality types and something really important we need to be aware of because we can't assume that other people know, oh, that they're just a red personality. They're not really upset. Yeah. We're going to come across as angry and upset when we don't want to. Yeah. When I'm coaching speech clients, for example, some reds, I have to tell them, hey, you need to smile more because your audience is going to think that that's a scowl. I know you're just thinking and that's what reds look like, but you've got to like train yourself to smile because they're going to see these, you know, bold gestures and, and you thinking and feel like they're in trouble or that you're upset and so something to be aware of. But if you're looking just at someone and trying to identify, that's often one that you can visually see and experience and go, oh, maybe they're a red. It's awesome. The other one is a little harder to pinpoint, but it has to do with their focus. Reds tend to be very practical and sensible. They want to be efficient with everything. So yellows tend to value fun and high energy and being in the spotlight. Blues tend to value perfection and order. Reds value efficiency. So they make their decisions based on what is going to get to the end goal in the quickest way possible. The end of a day for a red was about how much they got done off their to-do list. That really matters to them. They tend to be very good at goal setting and achieving things. That's how they measure success. And um, so there a lot of times the traits we expect from a leader or a boss, but I have worked with business owners of all four personality types that have successful businesses. So it's not about I need to change and become this personality. It's just about whatever personality type you are becoming the best version of yourself. Okay. Taking notes, you should have one more blank spot on the bottom, right? Below the yellow and next to the blue. And that's the greens. And I save the greens to the last because they're the hardest to identify sometimes. You know, yellows tend to be that extremely loud and high activity and volume level. And blues tend to be extremely quiet and extremely orderly and extremely neat. And reds tend to be extremely high energy and extremely driven and extremely active. And greens tend to not be extremely anything. So your first identifier for a green is process of elimination. Sometimes you can't tell 
or they can also look like a chameleon is a good example and chameleons are green. So green gives you two visuals. Green, I want you to think peaceful green meadows like green grass, but also think about those little lizards that start off green and then they can become a different color based on their surroundings. Green personalities can do that. They can take on the traits of the other color personality types for a little while and then eventually they'll kind of retreat back to what's comfortable but they can act yellow or act red or act blue for a certain amount of time based on what a situation calls for. So that could either be based on the other personalities that are in a room or in a conversation or on a team, or it could be just what you need in a situation like there's an emergency and someone's got to do something. And I, generally speaking though, you want greens are good in emergencies because they'll make you feel better but you'll also kind of want to have a red around an emergency because if somebody really does need to call 911 or use a fire extinguisher, you know, do actually make a decision, reds are going to tend to do that more quickly. But greens will make you feel better. They'll, they'll listen to you while you cry. They'll put their arm around you and just console you because they are very comforting. And that's the second one if you're taking notes. Comfort is a big one for greens. They like to be comfortable and they tend to be good at making other people feel comfortable. They often end up in roles or businesses that have caregiving as a part of it. Like when I've done teacher trainings or counselor trainings or nurse trainings, there are typically a very high percentage of greens in the room because um, they tend to gravitate towards those. But I meet them in all industries. I've met green engineers and green accountants and green DJs. And I work a lot in the event world, I said, you know, and so you can be successful as long as you know yourself and you learn to be true to who you are. And then the last one is that cool, calm, and collective. It's one of my most favorite traits about greens is that they just, they, they are the peacemakers naturally. And I think there's a reason why opposites attract. Like I'm very high red. I'm high red, high yellow. I'm almost a 50-50 split of red and yellow. My husband is a green. So he brings a really great balance to our relationship and can calm me down when I need it. And sometimes I can help him get his energy level up when we need to go do something. You know, he can sponge a little of my red, yellow energy from me. But a lot of times I need him to calm me down. Or there's client situations where he'll just say, you know what, I think you're a little keyed up right now. Maybe I should go try to smooth this over. And as a personality trainer and a business owner, I'm like, you know what, you're right. I might say something I would regret right now. I don't know if I have the self-discipline to be that controlled and you are a natural peacemaker. So I'm going to let you go handle this one. And I'm really grateful to have that in our family business. You know, that my awesome. partner has opposite traits to me. So I know that was a lot to throw at you in a fairly short amount of time, but no. hopefully that made sense and gave you some, some basics. And if you're listening, I hope you can kind of start to see yourself in one or two of those boxes. Yeah. I think it's great. And I did have a question. You kind of answered it a little bit, but is there like, you said green tend to be caretakers. What about the other three? Are there like industry related, um, like examples you can give? Like, I don't know, a lot of um, well, or blue or something. Yeah. Blues typically would be like, you would think accountants, okay. people that love numbers and details. A lot of reds do tend to become entrepreneurs because they like being the boss. Yellows, I see a lot of yellows working in the entertainment in the event industry. Yellows get into things like party planning and DJing and things because they're fun jobs. You know? mm -hmm. But again, it, you can be in any different industry and still find ways to be successful given your personality. The goal is not to become a different personality. It's to understand yours and then learn what those strengths and weaknesses are and train yourself to move beyond your weaknesses to really work on those areas of personal growth and then focus on living in those strengths and then eventually then learning what I call learned skills, which is picking up the strengths of the other personalities that don't come naturally to you and saying, oh, I'm not naturally good at this. I need to work on this. And you know, and hopefully, you know, growing and continuing to mature. So not that you're trying to change your personality, but that you're trying to learn things yeah. that may not come naturally to you. That's awesome. And I think 
definitely using those for client relations. It may be harder, like for my business in particular, like I don't typically meet my clients in person. I'll have interactions with them. So a lot of it could be on email and things like that. Are there any non-visual clues? Great question. But every personality has like their buzzwords, Mm -hmm. I think. And they're all kind of rooted in those descriptions and in those core needs. So for example, I'll start with the yellows again, just because I'll keep the consistency. But if you know that yellows tend to be high energy and they love to tell stories and they like being the spotlight, when you see descriptions of things or people or words that use, you know, words like, I felt like a princess or... I just want to tell my story. The photos are really important to me or someone that's taking a lot of selfies or they're using words like fun and excitement in what they're looking for when they're describing their vision. That can be a clue. Even if it's coming to you via email, when you start seeing those words that they are a yellow. If your email, for example, has a long bullet pointed list, you might go, oh, okay, that could be a blue or that could be a red, but because both reds and blues tend to like bullets, blues will tend to give you a longer list because they're the really deep thinkers and they love a lot of details. So when you start getting requests for more information, can I read more reviews? That click more tab on your website, that is there for the blues because they are the ones that want more details. And so those kind of words like order, perfection, timeline, schedule, you know, very specific questions, those are often blue buzzwords. Reds, because they value efficiency, they tend to get to the point really quick. So their emails and uh, text messages tend to be a lot shorter and very blunt. And that's why it's so easy to think that reds don't care about people or no, they're just not really good at small talk because they're focused on, on the bottom line, getting to the point. So when you see really short messages, you wanna to try to respond in a really short way. Chances are good, that's an indicator of a red personality type. And if you come back with a really yellow response, oh, that reminds me of this time when I had a client who did this, and you go on for five paragraphs, you're not going to be- yeah. There's going to be a disconnect because they just want you to get to the point. Now, a blue may be able to tolerate some of those extra stories because they like details, but they would probably really rather have them in an organized way, like a numbered list or a bullet point or something that's more along the lines of evidence and proof. And then greens, greens want to be comfortable. They're going to be asking you questions about, well, how can you make my life easier? How can you help solve this problem for me? They, you know, how can you help them? How can you serve them? So words like peace, comfort, simplicity, that will speak to a green even more. So I think thinking at it from a buzzword standpoint is really helpful because A, it will help you when you're identifying personality types of people that you haven't met yet. Because you can, and you can hear it if you get a phone call, which I know that's not as common these days, but you can hear the buzzwords along with tone of voice, volume, pacing, you know, but if you just have email or a written message, a website inquiry, you know, looking for that and maybe even asking some specific questions that might give you a little more insight, Mm -hmm. depending on your industry, you can tailor a question that might give you some clues. But the flip side of that too, is then when you're going to market, you can think about how you want to start incorporating these buzzwords in what you're putting out into the world too especially if there's a certain personality type you love to work with that you really want to try to attract. That's great. I never even thought of attracting a personality type, just mainly like a, you know, we always talk about like ideal customer avatar or whatever, like who, like mine is obviously moms that own businesses. But within that, obviously there's going to be moms that own businesses that I'm going to work better with. So it's very interesting. I never even, you know, never even really got into that thinking. And I'm so glad that you are here and sharing that with us. So what I tell people is go back and look at the clients that you absolutely loved working with. Like the ones that either they're still your clients or they're your friends. Like, especially in the event world, like once the wedding happens, it's kind of over. Like we kind of hope we're not going to get hired to do another wedding. Like maybe we'll get hired to do a different kind of party, but we really wish our clients well. But then there are some that we keep in touch with. There are some that we will still go out to dinner with. 
like they become friends. So what you want to do is think about who did I absolutely adore working with? Who allowed me to do my best work? Who did I just look forward to working with versus when you see their name on the phone, you know, there's some clients who are like, oh, I don't have the energy for this one. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a personality thing. And there is a personality type that you work the best with. And if you realize what that is, then yeah, you want to shift your marketing to include more of those buzzwords and phrase things a little bit different. The questions that you ask, how can I help you versus how can I solve this problem for you? They're slightly different, but help is a little bit more green and solve is a little bit more red. Mm -hmm. And so there's just subtle changes that you can make. And again, it's not perfect. It's part art, part science, but you can try. You can intentionally be looking for a certain client or you can look at your marketing and go, oh, wow, my whole website like screams yellow. There's no way a blue client would ever want to work with me. And I don't want to alienate that person. So maybe you want to make tweaks to diversify your marketing. Yeah. You know, and again, I see this all the time in the wedding and event world because, okay, with a wedding, you can never have just one client. Like there are literally at least two people required to have a wedding. And then the reality is there's also other decision makers because a lot of times they will have parents that want to give input and they're doing research before they write a, a check or before they hand over the credit card. Or there is a maid of honor that is a high influencer for a certain bride or whatever the case may be. You've got to be able to speak to all different personalities. But if your website is super skewed in one direction and you've got all these different personality types you're going to try to please, there you're not gonna you're gonna have a hard time connecting. Yeah. Whether it's website, whether it's your online social media presence, whether it's printed material, you know, even just a fun exercise I've done when I've done trainings is pull out your business card and give it to someone that's you know had the same experience with me and like right now in the seminar what color is your business card? Look at your logo, look at your color scheme, look at the font size, the text, you know, how much text is on there. And can you identify it in terms of a personality color? Is it a bright, sunny, loud? Doesn't mean there's yellow on the card, but you could have a yellow personality that is zebra print and hot pink in your logo. And I would say that's a yellow personality. Or maybe you have a lot of details and everything is bullet pointed out. And the design is very simple and basic and clean lines and not a lot of bright colors. Okay, that's going to speak blue. So you have to decide and there's no right answer. You have to decide for you, who do you want to speak to and what are you trying to accomplish with that piece? And then is it the right personality to have that job? Because it's part of the marketing and sales. It's a conversation. But the conversation now does not begin with a phone call. The conversation begins when someone Googles you. Yeah. So what you're putting out there is the beginning of a conversation, whether you realize it or not. Yep. And who you're attracting. That's, that's a really good point. And where can people find more about this? I know you've written a few books, or should I say more than a few? Yeah, um, no, I have four um, that, I've, that I've written or co-written. So my first one is personalities for business. They're all on Amazon. The quickest way is to just type my name in to, on Amazon and you can go if you're looking for the books and you can go straight to the books. But personalities for business was my first one. And then my brother and I co-wrote personalities for educators. I mentioned I was a teacher and he still is and has a master's degree in education. So I brought him in for that project. And then a good friend and former business partner of mine, we actually co-hosted a podcast together for three and a half years. We co-wrote a book called Creating Connections which is my only one that's not directly personalities related. It's 31 short chapters with like an action challenge. So 31 days to growing stronger and deeper relationships with people in your, in your business world is kind of the concept about that. And then my newest one is called Color Me Smart. And SMART is my acronym for sales, marketing, abilities, relationships, and teams. And we take a look at five of those areas of business and how understanding personality types can help you. And then with that one, I've actually got a download for each of those five sections. And uh, how about I share the marketing one with your audience? Would that be okay? That would be awesome. I'll give you a link. And you, love can that. you can put that in your show notes for them. Yeah. Um, make the marketing one available since that's what we talked about kind of the most today. 
was, and then you can go through with this download and kind of do a little self-assessment of your website. It'll give you things to look for. And then you can kind of rate, okay, does this, do I have yellow? Do I have red? Do I have blue? Do I have green? Is this in line with what my goals are? But just start with what does my current website say about me? And then you can decide, yeah, maybe I want to tweak my color scheme a little bit, or maybe I need to add more photos or maybe I need to add a few more reviews because there's not enough details for those blue clients. Or maybe my buttons aren't easy to find. And if I know that greens need things to be simple and easy for them, maybe it's not simple. Maybe it's inefficient. Maybe I have too many clicks to get to a certain place and my red clients or potential clients are going to be frustrated because they want to get there quicker. Maybe I need a customized landing page to meet the needs of those red clients and make it super efficient. So that'll help you kind of figure out what are the tweaks that you could make. Just That's amazing. All of those uh, tips and tools, I can definitely see everybody is going to start implementing them right away. <laughs> Everybody's going to go to their website right after this. <laughs> I, hope so. like, I hope so. Yeah. You know, I love talking about this and it's fun and I could talk about it and I do talk about it for hours. I do four hour workshops, eight hour workshops. Um, I don't blog as often as I used to, but there are several articles on my website. So you can still, you can go to vickymusney.com and find some free information there. But my hope is always, whether you've spent a half an hour with me or a whole day with me, is that you have something that will affect you positively in the future. I don't want to just change this 30 minutes. I want to change the way you think about yourself and your business and your clients for the rest of your life. Yeah. And I hope that, I know we just scratched the surface, but I hope that I at least gave you some tangible tips today and that that little freebie download is helpful to you because I don't want ever anyone to ever leave, whether it was a podcast you heard me on or a seminar that you attend. I don't want anyone to leave going, that was a nice infomercial, but I can't actually do anything unless I buy the book or buy the course or, you know, hire her for a training. No, I want you to be able to have something today. Yeah. Well, I think you gave the audience a huge list of things that they can use. I mean, that, the chart I was doing the chart and in my chicken scratch, I can read it, but I'm going to put it uh, maybe in like a little chart or something and put it on the episode page so that way everybody can see it. Oh. But I think you gave so much valuable information and I have two questions for you. One is, and I think I already know the answer, but what is my personality color? Your personality? Mm -hmm. I'm definitely from my very first interactions with you, I knew you were pretty high blue. Mm -hmm. And then the more we spent time together, I'm feeling the green side as well. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a very strong combination. And I probably should have said this earlier. The reds and yellows are the introverted personality types. And the blues and greens are the introverts. So I say it backwards. Yeah. Yeah. The reds and yeah. Are extroverts. And the blues and greens are introverts. Yeah. And just, just to make sure everybody's on the same page, that does not mean whether you like or hate people. That means where you get your energy from. So reds and yellows get energy from being around people. And blues and greens get energy from being by themselves or with one other person. Being around large groups of people for lots of time excites and encourages and energizes reds and yellows, but it will drain the blues and the greens. Yeah. And then looking at it the top, the, the sides, the blues and the reds, that side of the chart is the task oriented. And then the green and the yellow are the people oriented. Mm -hmm. So again, it's not saying that reds and blues hate people. It just means like they tend to focus on the tasks. So if you ask someone what they did that day or how their day went, a blue and a, or a red are more likely to talk about how much they accomplished, how much they checked off their to-do list. Whereas a green and a yellow is probably going to go first to conversations they had or people they spent time with. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. So but you, just from, the, from our very first interactions, your systems, like systems is something I struggle with because I'm not naturally blue. And just here's the system for how you get to be a guest and here's the details that I need from you and everything is you know, automated like it's supposed to be and you made the process really simple for me, but it was also really organized for what you needed. So I was feeling a lot of, uh, a, a lot of green blue. Okay, know. good. That's what I was thinking, but I just wanted to double check. <laughs> But like, I'm pretty sure I'm blue, but I don't know. But yeah, and I can see the green. I, I kind of felt a little bit of all of them, but definitely high blue and yeah, green. So well, and again, the chameleon like trait is if you're a strong green, mm -hmm. which you, you could be close to half green, you're yeah. going to feel some of that. 
And then part of it is in what you do, you know, as an, as an entrepreneur and, and a leader, you're going to have some learned red traits as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And okay. if blue is your primary, there's going to be some areas where you kind of lean towards green and some areas where you kind of lean towards red. Yeah. It's on the introversion plane or the task oriented plane. So those boxes that touch each other, you know, those are the most common blends. Yeah. Not, you're not typically going to be, oh, I'm equally strong in things that are opposite. Yeah. Like blue and yellow. That would be weird. Blue and yellow are opposites and, and yeah. I mean, are opposites. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. And then, yeah. My last question is, what is your favorite thing about being able to work at home and be with your children? I love my kids. I love that I'm not wasting a lot of time or money driving back and forth to an office all the time. So I, I love that. I get to be home when they get home from school. And sometimes, especially now that they're older, I can go down, meet them, have a little snack with them, whatever. And then it's like, okay, guys, it's time for you to start your homework. I've got an article I need to write or podcasts I need to edit or something I need to do. And depending on what it is, sometimes they'll just, I'm recording right now in my office that is in a corner of my bedroom and they'll come grab their book that they have to read and they'll sit next to me while I'm typing something or responding to emails and they'll do their homework next to me. Yeah. And, and I love that. I love that I have the flexibility. And if, you know, they're a little past it now, but it, until a couple of years ago, they would still ask me to go on field trips with them. Yeah. And I could just not schedule appointments with them that day and, and, and go along and, and make it happen. But I am very, and this is the red of me. I'm very much a control freak when it comes to my own schedule. I want, I like that about myself. And I get to be the one to take them to stupid stuff like the dentist. You yeah. Know? And, but that's uh, the fun stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's, you know, it's going to frozen yogurt after they get their braces tightened and yeah. that kind of stuff. And I, I get to be around for that. And yes, sometimes it means that there are some late nights when I can hear them downstairs watching TV and I'm still finishing something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, but it also means I can throw a load of laundry in while I'm at work. Yeah. And some things that I have to do can be getting done while I'm working. So, you know, um, but I know, but I know other people and it, again, it's a lot of it's personality that they need the separation. Mm-hmm. They want to go to work and they want to have the little office or the shared working space because they don't want to know that there's a pile of laundry on the other side of that wall yeah. or, you know, they don't want to go downstairs and get their cup of coffee and realize that the sink is full of dishes because that would stress them out. Yeah. And, hey, if you're that mom that loves the shared working space outside of your home, then do it. If that is what works for you, then do it. For me though, working at home has been a good thing because I know that I'm not spending dollars to maintain an office that I'm not in. And I know I'm not there. I'm not at some random office when my kids get home from school, I get to be here. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Vicki, for all of your wisdom, all of the amazing insight that you've provided to us. Definitely go to Amazon, check out Vicki's books. She's going to also be giving away a freebie. So that's going to be in the show notes, the link to that. And I'll also link to all of your books as well. What is the best place for people to find you? If you want to follow me, I live on Facebook more. I do try to Instagram. Instagram, they're both a very interesting hybrid. My personal profile on Facebook and my personal profile on Instagram are interesting mix of business and family. So Instagram, you can just follow me. Here's my deal with Facebook. If you want to become a friend, you need to be friendly. Meaning if you don't send me a friend request with a message, like introducing yourself, telling me how you met or why you want to connect, I'm, I'm not going to respond. If you just want to like lurk and follow, then you can see my public posts or you can go to my business page and you can like and follow that. But yeah, that's my personal rule is if you yeah. want to be a friend, um, then you need to send a message and say hi and be friendly. But I think yeah, that's I, a good rule. <laughs> I do a business page. On, on Facebook. And then my Instagram, like I said, is I do keep it public, but you'll get the occasional photo of my kids and things like that. Cause I'm a real person and I, part of my working mom and you might see a wedding or you might see me speaking at a conference. And then you, you know, might see me like wearing my aunt Vicky shirt at my nephew's baseball game. Yeah. Uh, you know, so yeah, Instagram and Facebook are kind of my, my two that I use. Um, Perfect. 
Awesome. Well, that is awesome. And are you, do you do like private coaching sessions or do you do um, like business coaching sessions? Yep. Um, if you have options, you can contact me directly and we can either set up some, uh, if it's individual coaching over Zoom, we can do. Otherwise, if you have like a, a staff or a team, it's probably most efficient to bring me out and have me train the whole group at once. Okay. And that's great. Uh, I love doing that. That's probably my favorite. I speak at conferences, but I love getting to train a whole staff because I feel like I can make the biggest impact instead of working with just the business owner who attends the conference and then hope they can go back and translate everything. I can actually have you guys do small group activities and you'll understand how your team works together. And, um, and then people can start talking about their clients in the color system and everybody's on the same page about what that means because you've all had this shared experience. So I love doing that. I can see that being such a big value for corporations and companies with a team, like a bigger team. I think that would be huge in order to know how they can work together. So that's great. Between five and 20 employees, that's my, my favorite niche. Okay, perfect. Awesome. So you can find Vicki on Facebook. I'll have the links in the show notes, buy her books, book her for your own coaching to learn more about yourself and how you can work more efficiently. And then you can also reach out to her for some team training. So thank you so much for being on the show, Vicki. We appreciate everything that you've provided and shared for us tremendously. Thank you. And thank you everyone for listening. This episode of the Determined Mom Show is brought to you by Online Marketing for Moms, the only marketing membership created especially to teach mom business owners SEO and many other marketing tools, systems, and strategies. Join today at onlinemarketingformoms.com. Use code PODCAST to get 20% off of your monthly or annual membership.